Welcome to the Essence House After Show. My name is Jess Rogi, and tonight joining me are the creative minds behind the Essence House. Eric Cockrell of hey. Studio Urbo. <laughs> and Chuck Pino of Bonfire Press. Woo. Welcome. So the first episode of the Essence House just premiered this past week. And we wanted to get together and we we're going to be doing these after shows to talk about the theories, people's questions, and kind of open it up for people to talk about the mysteries and secrets behind the Essence House. So the idea of the show is that it'll be, it'll be uh, every other week after the show drops, like Jess said, and uh, we'll be posting them to Patreon. Um, this first month, we're opening up everything to everybody um, starting next month. The after shows will be a Patreon only feature um, where the episodes of Essence House will come out for everybody, but earlier for Patreon users. And there will be spoilers. Spoiler warning. And then Eric is like, spoiler. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers ahead. <laughs> spoilers ahead. So if you haven't seen episode one of the Essence House, and you don't like spoilers, then don't watch. If you like spoilers and you haven't seen it, you can go ahead and watch. I guess. Because it's it's not like this is like for episode three. If 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 you're watching this and you haven't watched it at all, you have no idea what we're talking about. So true. <laughs> so please watch the episode first. Or listen to the episode first, and then come here. No, watch the episode right now, and we'll wait. Okay. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the episode. So this episode introduced us to Tim, who is uh, Tim Edmund, who's uh, coming back, coming to work for his uncle at the old family property, which is now a strip mall. Um. And hijinks ensue. Is that the description we're going with? I think that's a pretty good description, actually. There's a lot of that. I think so. I think what I enjoyed about this is that, um, like Wendy and I, when we got together, we've done a lot of writing together, but most of the time it's like I would write something and then she would write something else, and then we would kind of, you know, maybe come together. But this was a really unique writing experience for me because when I got it, the first episode was already like halfway written. And uh, Eric was like, Hey, wh what do you think? And I'm like, uh, it's cool, but it's not done. He's like, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, what, what, you know, do what you want to do with it. And so I came in and I, I threw some stuff in there and, and played with some stuff. And then it kind of went back and forth a couple times between us. And then Wendy went over it and made sure that it all looked nice and everything. So, it was, it was a very unique, I'd never done anything like this, but I have to say it was really seamless. Like we didn't argue about any points. I think that the two of us really have a very good idea of kind of where it's going and the characters in our heads and all that. And so there hasn't been, we're, we're well into episode three right now for the writing and we plotted way ahead of that. And there's no... There's been no like arguments or anything like that. Yeah, we've had some very, some fun conversations that kind of evolve ideas. Um, and so like I might have an idea that we don't use because Chuck threw out some ideas that mixed in with mine and we kind of bounced off each other. And like, we literally sit there on Google Hangouts and be like, wait, what about this? Wait, what about this too? <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! I remember it. It was so funny because we, when we were going over kind of what we wanted season one to look like, it was such a quick, easy conversation. The two of us were like, "Oh, blah blah blah, let's do this, yada yada," and it was just bomb, bomb, bomb. You knew the where you wanted to hit for each episode, and it was all very easy. And then we were like, "Hey, let's describe the episode." Because we need to tell people about that. And we spent an hour like, just <laughs> agonizing. Because until you've 
um, heard the episode, it's really hard to describe what it is. And even, even after hearing the first episode, I like to believe that you guys still have a hard time understanding what's going on. I, I think that it's not until episode two and very much episode three where you really go, okay, everything's messed up, but I have a good idea of what's actually going on. Yeah, like the the biggest mystery of the whole thing is kind of you get a better understanding of it by the third episode. It's not one of those. It's not like like me and Chuck are both big fans of Lost, but it's not like Lost where you might go several seasons before something that popped up is resolved, or you might get to the very end and several things aren't resolved. <laughs> <laughs> but not going to hate on Lost here. <laughs> um, but we're we're very into you know giving you those gifts if you're investing this time and what we're doing we want to we want to deliver yeah and i think that episode two delivers pretty quick on the setup of episode one yeah i agree so i wanted to bring in a question we you got we got from for essence house from chris t and he says would you consider essence house more of a mystery or a horror story i think um i think definitely more of a mystery than horror um I do believe, I kind of believe there'll be elements of almost everything at some point. Like it's mm -hmm. hard to slap this under a certain category. Mm -hmm. I think it'll definitely hang in like the, um, hesitate to say science fiction, maybe science fantasy. Like science fiction's a little too technical. I'm not following the laws, <laughs> anything set by anybody, like as far as yeah. uh, all that. But um but there definitely will be some horror elements. Um, I mean, there probably are some already sprinkled in, like loosely, that aren't like, you know, in your face. Um, I would say the the moment with the uh, the woman in the, um, you know, standing there kind of in her, her comatose state, that's got a very horror-esque feel to it, just in how it was kind of, we, we attacked it and how we came at it and all that. So yeah, I think there's there's definitely that. I think um, mystery will always be the main the main vein of it. But yeah, like like Eric said, there's going to be a bit of everything throughout. Yeah, I mean, we definitely me and Chuck both are pretty funny guys. If I could speak for us, <laughs> and so <laughs> we definitely uh, drop in little bits of humor here and there. Keep it keep it light when it needs to be. Um, yeah. So like, I think pretty much any genre out there. Maybe shy of romance, but we just haven't gotten there yet. We'll see. Yeah. But if you guys want to ship anyone, let us know. <laughs> we also have a comment from Chris T talking a little bit about something more sci-fi. He says, I think the old man aggravating the main character raises some interesting questions. I hope this gets touched more on in the next installment. I have a theory this might have something to do with time travel. Interesting. Interesting. I think Barnabas is a is an interesting character. He was he was a fun one. That the scene in the in the shop there was fun. It was fun that he's um we have some great chance to talk about um, Tim's grandfather. Yes. Um, and there's like that whole little chunk there. I think that might be the only time we touch on his grandfather, but his grandfather is a, is a cool one to talk about there and tease a bit. Yeah, because it starts to, when you start to talk to Barnabas, and he starts to open this whole grandfather thing, and then he starts to talk about, oh, you know, and then also his memories with Tristan being young and stuff. So you're starting to see, like, well, what's happening in this, like, back in the day kind of flashback situation, like what's going on? Like what happened? So that's, I think for me, that's where a lot of questions start out. Like what the heck's going on here? Is this just a creepy mall? No, it's not just a creepy mall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think what, what I like is um, a lot of, you can see it even in like the, the logo and a lot of art. Obviously time has something to do with it, but I mean, that one's going to be really difficult. Now, even think throughout the season, you're going to be um, fighting with yourself a lot to kind of go, okay, well, what is going on, you know? And, and how, 
how do things work? And so, yeah, I think that's going to be fun to be guys kind of discover for yourselves and theorize about for sure. Mm -hmm. Speaking of theories, we have a great theory too from Wendy Gale. So she says, I have a theory based off one word that struck me, debutantes. They're not really a thing anymore and haven't been for decades. So when I think of a town stuck in the, so I think the town is stuck in the past. The shop owners help validate this theory, but that's not the only mystery of the theory. It seems that as though them, them, Tim and his family have moved through time normally. So they have aged normally only because they moved away. That is interesting. Well, and yours. <laughs> well, what people should know is Wendy is my wife, and she did edit the first uh, episode. She's heard the second episode, but she has been, I haven't told her anything else. So she isn't privy to any information. And episode two doesn't give you any more information where that's concerned. In fact, it might even make it more difficult to really nail anything down. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we can't really speak to it. I would say it's, it's, a, it's a pretty cool theory. Especially yeah. with what you guys have, have heard and seen so far. I love all the thought put into it. Yeah. That's fun. It was funny because she mentioned the word debutante. And I right away wanted to throw Eric under the bus and be like, he wrote de debutante. I, that's not my word. I did not use that word. <laughs> <laughs> Canada doesn't have debutantes. <laughs> so that wasn't, that's not really a thing for us. Isn't that just well, like you, you did. I don't think we ever did. Do they have the South, Eric? Is it like something like Southern people do? Or like debutante balls? Anybody? Do they don't have those? Do they have those? I don't know. Am I making this up? <laughs> I don't know. Do they? Anybody? I don't think they're me anymore. I think they were gone for, I don't know, probably about 30 years or longer. I love you, Wendy, but your debutante years are over. So yeah, well, maybe, maybe I would say they never existed, but okay. <laughs> I was never a debutante. I was never a debutante either, so we have that in common. Okay. <laughs> I'm past my debutante years. Yeah, me too. You, dude, you would have made one hot debutante, I have no doubt. I imagine like long flowing. Goldilocks. That's you nailed it. <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> but but I, I think that attaching to that word was was really cool and the other the other thing is oh this the where they where the setting of the story is it's not in the south. That's true. No. It's in New York. Upstate New, upstate New York? Yeah. Yeah. Speaking yep. of upstate New York, how did you guys come up with the location for this uh, tale? I think it, um, I don't know, I just think it made, it makes a lot of sense, I think, for, I mean, definitely um, the their former estate was a, was a sizable estate, um, and it goes back quite a ways um and new york has always been like a hub i mean i think i think john lennon said it was the center of the world um it's it's always just been a hub of society like well not always obviously but um so i think it just it felt natural to pick that was actually the I, think, only I ever really considered cool well i think also when you go and obviously this is not something that you guys will know about for quite quite some time but when you kind of go into the origin of everything, so to speak, um, New York makes sense. Yeah. And that's about as far as I can go. Yeah. Yeah. I think if I said another word, <laughs> Eric would like shut down the show. Yeah. Uh-uh. Because it does. I think that if you talk about this, Maybe going into season two or something, there might be more information that we could elaborate on why that is, or it might just be obvious at that point if you just think about it a bit. But 
But it's like I'm like I want to know about the shed, but I'm like, what can you tell? There's got to be something about the shed, right? Because Uncle Rick is like, hey, something, you know. Uncle Rick definitely has attachment to the shed. I mean that that was clear, um, in the first episode, and uh, can, yeah. Can we tease him? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? As as far as the shed's concerned. Check out episode two. That's all I can say. Yeah, that that is one of that's earlier when I said that one of the first mysteries is yeah. solved. Pretty much, that's one of them. That's like we we resolve that one pretty quick. We yeah, I, I think that's uh, and, and and I liked what Eric said. Um, we didn't want to hold people on too long, so we had to be willing to give up some things. And the shed was one that we were that we were willing to to give up right away. Just kind of um, that was something that we could throw out there and deal with very early on to really make people feel like okay, they're not stringing us along. We are going to get to learn stuff, um, and I mean, it, it'll be fairly significant too. Again, that's that's all I can say though. Yeah. It there's definitely something about the shed. Do you like the TARDIS? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what's that? <laughs> it's only spoiler already. <laughs> okay. So, can, and here's another one. So, I mean, because I, I, I have questions and other people might too, but... So I noticed, you know, the show premiered on January 1st. And uh, it's also what is the birthday of Tim. And it's also the birthday of Tristan, his cousin. Yep. And Tim is Tim is worried about his sister waiting for his her phone call about giving birth to a child. Mm -hmm. Is Uncle Rick's birthday the first? We haven't said anything, but the one thing that um, is said fairly fairly early on in in episode one is he shares his birthday with a lot of people. Yeah. I see. At first, when I heard it, I'm like, "Yeah, across the world, not like in yeah. your family." I, I mean, think I he means a, a little more directly. <laughs> I have a friend whose uh, son was born in October on the same day as her husband. Oh shoot! See, my son was born on my birthday. Aww. Yeah, it wasn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> I I grew up where my mom would would tell me everybody has their one day of the year. And Charlie, your birthday is it. And then I went to work on my birthday and my wife was fairly, you know, she was far along. And um, I was like half an hour into work and she calls me and I pick up the phone. She goes, hey, we're, we're going to we're going to go have this baby now. And I said, you know, if you're trying to get me to, to come home from work early so that we can like hang out and stuff, I appreciate the effort, but I'm just going to finish workout. I don't care that it's my birthday. And she's like. No, seriously, I'm having this kid. You're coming or not? And I was like, oh, crap, all right. And so we had my son, Nathan, on my birthday. And I'll be honest, for that first year, I was not happy. That was my day. I was really immature about it. And <laughs> even though like, he, he, he had a name, his name was Nathan. But for the first year, I just called him new kid. Because we already we already had a child, he was our second, and I was like, and they're like, oh, who, you know, what's your kid's name? I was like, oh yeah, it's new kid. <laughs> and for the first year, it was new kid. But once we shared that first birthday, that was it. Like that first birthday together was magical. It was cool. Um, we our birthday is May sixth, so uh, that's when the big uh, Marvel movie always drops. So for our birthday, we always go see the first big Marvel blockbuster of the year. And we always do that kind of stuff. So um, I, I like it now. <laughs> so it's not that uncommon. No. But it, but it doesn't mean it's insignificant. Yeah. And it, and it is uncommon to say have many, many family and members many who share the same birthday. I wonder why. Well, and that was also 
the reason why we decided to drop the series on January 1st. That was a very, we actually ended up having to work very hard to get everything done and happening and yeah. so we that were, we could make that date. The initial plan was to drop the series in March. We talked about doing an episode in January and then having like, like a taste of it and then launching it in March. And pretty quickly we were like, no, we better just work our asses off and launch this thing. Yeah. So how often do you think we're going to get episodes? Every other week. Mm-hmm. There will be a season break of a couple months in between. Um, and that's after 10 episodes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice. So essentially at the end of the year, uh, if it's two 10-episode seasons, you're getting 20 episodes. Um, yeah. Which is pretty solid. No, that's it's, great. Fun, it's fun in that way, too, because both me and Chuck have a lot of experience in comic books um, where you might put out an issue – Maybe twice in a year is huge in independent mm -hmm. comics, um, but with this, like the each episode of this is the equivalent of an issue of a comic, really. Yeah, uh, I mean they're they're all very, very much have a start and end. Maybe a little cliffhanger, um, and they probably are a longer read than most comic books. And yeah, by the end of the year, we'll have pretty much produced. If all goes according to plan, 20, uh, 20 episodes. Of, it's basically 20 issues worth of content. Nice. Which is a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you have – like, oh. No, I was just going to say I, I, I really like the – kind of the stress of it, like having these deadlines and, and knowing that we have to make them happen. I really feel like it kind of invigorates my writing, you know, and um, – because when you're doing a comic, you you know that, you know, like, Welcome to the Void, my last issue was written a long time ago. And so even between writing um, issues ends up being a long period, can be a long period of time. And so it's funny because for these, they're, they're happening so quickly that it's all really fresh in your mind. You don't feel like you have to go back too much. It all just kind of comes together. There's uh, much more of a flow, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I, like my um, the issue of Blister that I'm working on right now is, I mean, I wrote it four years ago, and I've got about ten or eleven pages done of it right now, and those are typically around thirty pages long. I might get it done in the middle of this year. I'm giving myself to the end of the year, but there's no strict deadline, and nobody cares. I mean, people, there's people that want it, but nobody's dying for it. But if we don't have Essence House in two weeks, there's going to be people that are like, hey, what's going on? Like, there's yeah. a kind of there that I don't have in my comic work. Yeah. So I have a question from Jim Evans. He says, do you guys have the full story arc or are you writing it episodically? It kind of sounds like you have the whole season already planned out and written. Essentially, we have the first two seasons um, like plotted really pretty well. Mm -hmm. um, Definitely the first season is very well plotted. Second season has um, a handful of things that we definitely want to happen and a uh, definite end. Um, so, and, and we even have stuff beyond that, that, yeah. we, that we, if we can keep going, we, that we want to play with. So this could go on for, if, if people are interested and really want to see it happen, this could go on for quite a long time. Yeah, we definitely, I think, have... The next story after that, um, unless something changes and we find something else in, in the process, we do have another story that's basically um, got a rough outline. Uh, mm -hmm. And then I have some ideas that I didn't talk to Chuck about uh, for prequels, even like just there's just a lot yeah. of, or, or side stories. Um, so there's there's a lot of potential for this to continue. If people are interested. I'm interested. I'd like to hear the next episode. <laughs> we might be able to make that happen. Yeah. There's probably some people I can hook you up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, along those lines, if you are interested, uh, definitely sharing it is a big deal for yeah. us. The more people we can get interested, the more subscribers we get. Uh, that's huge. 
we're on YouTube, um, we're on iTunes, we're on Google Play. Uh, so the more listens that we're getting and the more subscribers we're getting on those platforms, go on all the platforms if you can and subscribe. Uh, it's all listed at EssenceHouseStory.com. And even bigger is if you're able to contribute on Patreon. Uh, we're only asking $2 a month, uh, but that gets you the episodes early. And, um, and it's yeah. huge for two bucks. Like that's huge for us. Like to continue. Yeah. Um, well, but they also get this like, yeah. And this show itself. Yeah. This, this show, it, it's not even going to be available to people after this month. Right. At all. Right. No, I'll, there'll probably be a couple clip, maybe a clip that'll be posted um, from it, but nothing. You will not get the whole show unless you're a Patreon um, contributor. Um, but the show itself, we want that to be accessible. Like, yeah. if, if $2 a month is a lot for you, and it, it can be, I mean, things add up pretty quick. So we want, it, we want you to be able to still check it out, share it, talk about it. And yeah. honestly, that's probably the biggest thing you can do is talk about it. Like, yeah. that's what gets people interested and helps us grow our community around yeah. it. I think the word of mouth is great. And then also building the community because that's part of the show too, is we're going to be taking comments from social media that get made about the new stories or the new chapters that come out. And then you guys are going to be answering the questions from the fans. Yeah. It definitely helps us to do this show and make this show more interesting too. Yeah. yeah the questions have been really cool. I think one of my favorite moments already has been um, because we're comic creators this was not something that that we were even planning on doing at the beginning. Like this wasn't, I don't, at no point in my writing career had I ever really been like, I'm going to make an audio drama. Like that didn't really come down. And then when we ended up here, it all felt so logical. And um, one of the, one of my clients that I edit for, he, uh, he had heard the episode, he heard the first episode and I got a call, I think like on the second or third of January and I was still asleep got a call like around 8 39 in the morning I pick up I'm like hello and he goes what the hell did you do and I'm like well, well what do you mean he's like dude I hate you so much I wanted to do something just like this I can't believe you beat me to the punch and I've had a couple people now say dude this is exactly what we wanted to do and you've already beaten us to the punch and I'm like that's not what we were ever trying to do it just as we started talking through it, this felt like the right path to do. It's yeah. just, it was very organic. It seems, yeah. before I talked to you guys about the project, it seems like it just, everything just kind of came together very organically and naturally from the story writing to the team you put together to like, you guys working together and uh, everything. So it's kind of, it seems like a nice harmony of story and. <laughs> So nice, yay! <laughs> <laughs> so the main character who takes us on this journey is Timothy Edmund. Can you, where did you guys get Timothy, or how did you come up with Timothy as the main character? I think it was a big deal to me to have a character that people are kind of experiencing this world through, like because he's kind of, kind of getting introduced to it himself. Um, in a lot of ways, in most ways. Um, so he's a good entry point to like any of the mythology and stuff that we bring into it. Um, somebody pointed out to me, it might have even been you, Jess, that Tim was the only character that we didn't describe. Yes, that was me. I did. Like we didn't really give a physical description of Tim. I thought yeah. that was kind of interesting. I didn't consider it. Yeah. I I it on purpose. I thought, I thought about it afterwards, and I thought it was kind of neat because I don't remember. I have a, a writer friend who was telling me a lot of the like, – like I think it was Jane Eyre or it was one of those where um, the main characters were never actually – like their descriptions were never made. And yeah. so everyone would kind of have this um, – this own, their own mental picture of it. And I kind of like that the two of us have – even in the other characters, we haven't described them too much. And I think that's because we really want the audience to put their own imprint on it. Mm -hmm. And especially with Tim, 
he's he's an everyman. So you get to to put your own sense of what that means and and who that is to you. And Tim's fun because I think he pulls uh, and a lot of the commonalities between mine and Chuck's personalities you see kind of pop in there. Like Tim is kind of how me and Chuck would react to. (laughs) (laughs) He's, he's a chill dude who just has to, he has to deal. And that's like, I mean, that whole first episode, it, there's no chance for him to build a plan, figure stuff out. It's just reacting, 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 reacting. And I would say that even in episode two, there's, a lot of that we get to see a little bit more of him sort of sitting right. down, figuring things out kind of yeah, he tries to take more charge in the second episode a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So we get to see more of, of that and kind of more of how he would handle a situation. But, um, but yeah, for the most part, he's just kind of a, an every man, a chill guy who um, is just trying to figure it out and, and wondering what the hell is going on. Like the rest of you. And trying to get a job done at the same time. Yeah. Because yeah. he's like, he's got to fix the toilet. He's got like, he's got like all this stuff. They've got a kid running out of a shed, you know. Got a sister ready to pop a baby out. Yeah, sister's going to pop a baby out. He's going to keep checking his phone just in case. <laughs> Some lady is sleeping standing up in her store. And- yeah, like, yeah, creeping people out. Not to mention seeing weird stuff while he's driving down the road. Like, yep. And then he's got creepy. Is oh no, you know, creepy Uncle Rick. I guess Uncle Rick like creeping, like blowing down his neck, like giving him a hard time. Like not only is Uncle Rick like, hey Tim, you got to do a job, but he's like, you also suck as a family member. Like you're not there. Like what do you know about family? <laughs> so let's talk about Uncle Rick. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear Wendy? He said, "Well, Wendy just yelled out. She goes, he's an ass.' Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about Uncle Rick. Oh, for a minute, I've been sitting. <laughs> I think Uncle Rick. Um, gosh, how do you start talking about Uncle Rick? We haven't said a whole lot about him. I, I like you. You look so much like you're on the spot. You're like, shit, Uncle Rick." you know what what you see is what you get for uncle rick right now i mean he uh you know i mean really he he has made a lot of the decisions and we've kind of talked about that early as far as um dealing with the the family plot and all that kind of stuff and it sounds like it's taken its toll on him and even for tim tim's not sure kind of what's even wrong with him or how any of this occurred. So it's not like Tim can give you any of that information either. He's out of the loop as well. So there's obviously some things going on with, with uncle Rick. Um, you know, I mean, even the, the shed, like he's so freaking out about that shed. What the hell does the shed have to do with anything? And of course we don't see Rick much in episode two. And I can kind of tell you that. But what I will say is, is that after listening to episode two and going over it, you'll then be able to go, wait, this happened and Rick wanted no one to go near this place. So what's going on? So his mystery deepens just by us learning more and more about this stuff and not even specifically him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He has a son. Okay. That's one thing I can say about him. He has a son named Tristan, who he did not entrust to to manage the property. Yeah, so we get introduced to Tristan as he's, like, running out of the shed. And what can you tell us? Not much? Other than he can run fast? (laughs) I think about... He's dexterous. (laughs) Episode two, you learn more about Tristan um, a little bit. And episode three, you learn a lot, I think, about Tristan and uh, 
and a lot of, actually a lot about the history of the more immediate history of the family, I think. Um, actually, episode three kind of gives quite a bit. Yeah, I think episode three is very much Tristan kind of putting his cards on the table and being like, that's what's up. Yeah. But I mean, you guys, what's great is that like at this point, what does that even mean? Like you guys don't even know him as a character. You don't know his personality. And that was something kind of fun too, because we didn't really have necessarily the personality of Tristan all that fleshed out. We understood his role and what he was doing. And so writing episode two has been, and well, and we did obviously have some of it because there are some things that obviously affect him that we are aware of down the road and, and earlier and whatnot. But um, as far as writing episode two, we really got to flesh out that character and feel that character. And I think you'll really get to kind of see that. And maybe even I would be interested to hear what people think Tristan is like now. And then after listening to episode two, what are they, you know, now what, how does that differ? Yeah. So I wanted to talk about the people a little bit who work at Essence Corner, the shop owners. Now the, so the, the main shop owners that we visit in episode one are actually in the town near Essence Corner. Um, so Barnabas and um, the old lady that I can't even remember if we named. I don't think we did. <laughs> she has a name. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, those two are actually outside of Essence Corners. Um, but the people that are at Essence Corners um, would be the guy um, with, I think, the clothing store guy with the broken toilet. And then, uh, the debutante shop lady. Yep. Uh, those two have been introduced. And I, yep. so five of the stores in the seven store plaza are operating. Those two are the only ones that we meet. But it's also New Year's Day. So how many stores are open? Yeah. Like, of those kinds. So. Is there a significance to seven stores? Sorry. It's an L-shaped plaza. What else is L-shaped? Tetris bricks? Number seven. Oh, the number seven shit. <laughs> the number seven. Well, but also, I think we all know that seven is also a, um, a powerful number. And so, you know, I, I think that has some significance just, just as that. I'm trying to see what, what, what is so okay. Why is seven so important? It says, Hey, Jess, there's a playing card in your pocket right now. Pull it out. Ah, it I wish I had be awesome. Awesome, I would, right? man. That'd be <laughs> awesome. <laughs> she pulls out with the seven of clubs. She's just like, <laughs> oh, oh, you do. Yeah, yeah. Chuck actually has it. Seven. Oh, oh my god. How freaked out are you right now? <laughs> I'm like, keep checking my pockets. <laughs> okay. You know what about, um, Tim, that's a weird thing that I picked up on after. I mean, I wrote it, but one one weird quirk about him is that every time he gets in his car, he throws his cell phone and shit. Like, he throws stuff on his dashboard all the time. Yeah, Why I knew that. In that. Like I that stuff on my dashboard. I would never get into my car and toss my phone up there. Like, but that was just something that Tim does. It's just like something yeah. Tim the character does. And we didn't discuss that. That just we both just naturally went to that with and and you'll even see it in the next episode. Yeah. I didn't even yeah, that's right. Is he just that's what he does. He throws it in there. And it's like we have this idea of what the character is without having actually discussed things like that. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. When Tim's in there talking to Barnabas, Barnabas says, I knew your grandfather. And well, and Tim's like, what do you mean new? Like 
I knew my grandfather. And the guy's like, yeah, your grandfather died before you were born. So I'm like, is Barnabas senile? Is Tim clearly knows when his grandpa was alive. He has memories of his grandfather. Is Barnabas from a different timeline? Like, what's going on here? Those are great questions. They are. And I think the other thing is, is how does Barnabas even know when Tim was born? Truth. Truth. Right? Like, how? Th this is the first time Tim's even met Barnabas. So, yeah, there was a lot of weirdness in that scene. And all of that is, a lot of times you might, like, read that kind of stuff and just be like, these guys have no idea what they're talking about. But all of that was very deliberate. So that's kind of as far as I can go. And the, uh, just to say that that stuff's deliberate. And the old lady uh, at the dress store specifically talks about the Edmund boys being yeah. troubled. Um, like the, the, shot, the, the town folk are definitely interesting. Yeah. Cause like she's like alluding like that's exactly like exactly right. She's like the Edmund boys. Like so, what does that mean? Oh, you guys aren't gonna tell us. <laughs> oh, we'll tell you. You just gotta keep listening. Episode nine. Finally, <laughs> <laughs> with that lady. No, it's just I'm just curious. Like they seem to have some sort of reputation. Yeah. Right? No, those those are are good observations, and that's what I I love is that. People are picking up different people pick up on different things and notice different things like Wendy with the debutante stuff and and you with uh, kind of gravitating to Barnabas and stuff. I think everyone finds their own little thing and goes, what is there? And and as more and more people kind of talk and and notice things, they realize it's a lot bigger than than you imagine. And the name Barnabas is just really catchy. It just got me. I was like, yeah, Barnabas. <laughs> I love the I love the last name Grimke. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was fun. That was a good shot by Chuck. It's got like a Did I do that? I think you did. Did I do that? I might have. I don't know. Oh, what did you do? But I didn't remember giving him that last name. It was a cool one. <laughs> if it's I totally it was me, but <laughs> It's totally, that's the great thing about it is that there's certain things I know I did and there's certain things I know you did, but then there's a lot of other stuff where I'm like, I'm not even certain. Well, a chunk of the first episode was written November of 2018 during yep. the NaNoWriMo. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, prior to that, I had um, a part of a draft written maybe two years before. I actually named um, Tim in that draft. I named him after my son. Um, oh. He changed to Tim after a while. <laughs> anybody named Barnabas? You guys know anybody named Barnabas? No? The only thing I know Barnabas-wise is my dad used to watch uh, Dark Shadows, and Barnabas Collins was the <laughs> vampire on there, one of the vampires on there, um, like one of the main character, basically. Um, Maybe I pulled it from there. I don't. I never looked up a bunch of names and picked a name, so that might be where that one stuck from. Do you generally just like, as you're writing, it comes to you? Then if you don't look up names, you're like, yeah, this guy's gonna be Barnabas. I guess if it feels right and it fits um, the character himself. I mean, Barnabas Krimke is the is a good name for that character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for for me, I know in in episode two. I got to name a bunch of people. And so it's funny because my when I was born, um, my parents thought that I was going to be a girl. Haha. <laughs> Insert joke however you want. And my, uh, my grandfather had asked if I was going to be a boy to, that I was named, I'd be named after him. His name is Charles. So my mom, knowing that she was going to have a girl, was like, yeah, okay, whatever. We'll do that. And then when I was actually born, my mom and dad had no clue what to call me. And so they, um, they, my grandfather walked in. He's like, oh, it's my baby Charlie. And they're like, oh, crap. All right, well, that's his name. And then they proceeded to give me all the family names, just throw them on. 
so that no one could bug anymore. And then any other kids they had, they could name them whatever they wanted. So I kind of, in episode two, I dropped a bunch of names that were really close to, um, to Eric and I, just so they were out there, they happened. And those people kind of got the nods, got the love, started people that had kind of, we had worked with and really appreciated everything they did and whatnot. Just, just as fun little um, Easter eggs. So hopefully as people are listening to episode two and they know what, who we've worked with and what we've done, they'll see those fun little nods. That's cool. I love the Easter eggs. You guys just keep hiding them throughout the whole thing and it makes it a lot of fun. Yeah, the one was a lot of fun. I didn't even catch until I was talking to Chuck about it and then Chuck um, brought it up. But it was the, uh, it was Tim's sister's husband's name. Yeah. So I didn't even catch it when I was going through it the first time. Is it magic? Is there magic there? Is that ma is the essence house magic? And then they ripped it down because the magic was too strong, but somehow having a shopping center would contain the magic. Damn. Great, thanks. Now you now you gave it all away. And now what? We've wasted our time and money. We're gonna get Jeez, there at ten, but there goes Jess. Boom. Magic. Completely screws us. Yeah. Now what? <laughs> <laughs> Just it, it was funny because um and if i said anything true you can cut it out <laughs> well it was neat because the idea that came to me from eric like when eric this was mostly eric's child that he brought to me and then we got to play with together and so when it we had a very uh, cool idea of what happened but then even as we moved on and on, we found that kind of evolved and we got to, to play with it more and more. And I, I'm really happy with kind of where we ended up landing. It really, it really feels organic. It really like where, where it all ends up coming to. Um, it was more an idea of, you know, what it is and what's going on and that. And then it all sort of distilled into where it came from. Yeah, one of the feedback that I got was that even the the sound, like the way that people talk and everything was very natural and like I think we nailed that. Yeah. Yes. I like the sound effects are great, the audio is great. I love the voice actor is good too. You want to give a shout out to the voice actor? I did Yeah, Mike Goodrick. He's a he's a good egg. Well, and I want to give a shout out to Eric who he did the production on it. He added all the, the um, sound effects. His, uh, his dad did the music. And then we're on like a billion different platforms, platforms I've never even heard of. Like suddenly someone's like, oh, you're on Buzz Buzzsprout. And I'm like, that sounds like a plant-based coffee. What the hell is that? They're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's where I get, I, I get my stuff. So cool, now I can listen to your to your show and I'm like, all right, that's all Eric. Like I had nothing to do with any of that. So I'm, I'm impressed with what he's been able to do. I think it's, it's cool as hell. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Eric's a talented guy. I'm obviously impressed with that. I wouldn't have brought him on. He's, uh, he's been huge for the story and just Chuck's really good at, uh, Chuck can be loud and, uh, so that's helpful in uh, spreading the word. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that felt like the most backhanded com compliment. Is Chuck can be loud. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm impressed with Eric for seeing my talent and picking me. I think that was a brilliant move. <laughs> 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 no. I you know, if I, I guess I talk on this, it would still be on the back burner. Oh, well, thank you. It was, you know, I loved the idea and it just, especially like we, we talked about it the first time and it just kind of didn't, didn't chug. I think we both had a lot, a lot of stuff going on. Um, and you know, it just, it wasn't the right time. And I think we both, uh, felt that right away because, 
there was no fight. Like you're not doing your part. You're not doing yours or anything like that. It just kind of fizzled. Mm -hmm. And then when Eric brought it up again, I was like, yes, I, I remember, I still have my notes. I still want to do it. And so we went back over it. And this time it not only, it, it not only got traction, but it flew forward. Like we just started. And I mean, like I said, at first it was going to be I think, like a novel. And then we were like, Oh, we can make it an audio book. And, and it just kept going until it was this. And this felt so right when it all came and happened. And um, it was just, it was so organic and it was so neat. It's so cool to, to work with someone where even though not everything's plotted out, you know that you're going to get there together and that it's just going to happen. And that's kind of been what's been coolest about this is that like a lot of times, and I'm sure it's for Eric, when Eric is leading something, he kind of has to push and prod and go, all right, guys, let's go. Like we got to make this happen. And then even, you know, in my own stuff, as I edit and stuff, it's like, all right, come on. Like, you know, this is what we got to work on. This is what we got to work on. But for this, we just pick up our pieces and we just go. And we even had at one point, we were like, okay, you'll do this episode and then I'll do that episode and we'll go back and forth. And then we found that changing very quickly. And it was just like, actually, I worked on part of this one, but I really want to take care of some stuff on the next one and I'm taking care of some stuff. Great. I have time. I'll, I'll do that one. And so it's just like, it's all, all of it's been really super organic and, and easy just in, in the regards that we're like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll do this now. And um, I think that's kind of been my favorite part of the whole project is just that we're both so kind of easygoing and excited to work on whatever aspect of it. And so, and we, and we both recognize one another's strengths. On a two person team, you can't have dead weight or it just doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that one, that one terrible project you had to do in high school. Uh, <laughs> it, it's nice now that the first episode is out and we can sort of elevate, but even then the elevator pitch, it's funny because the elevator pitch that you can give before the show drops after episode one drops and then further into the series, they're very different yeah. pitches. Like even now I wouldn't want to say very much because there's, nope. I mean, for, for this whole first season, God willing, there will be people just starting on it. And I don't want them to really know what's going on. So it, yeah. really, it makes it difficult to promote, honestly. Yeah, yeah that's going to be a big a big issue because really a lot of it is you're kind of promoting a mystery because you can't promote anything. But it's different if we can get people to talk about it and share theories and stuff because that's just that's all hearsay and just interesting Bits and, but for us to get in and talk about that stuff more publicly here is different also um but out publicly it's we can't really get into the, the weeds like that yeah now without spoiling anything is there gonna be any merch uh, well, i liked that question <laughs> do you like that question sir I, I like that question. First off, because when, okay, so when you're, uh, and I mean, Eric can totally attest to this. When you're a comic creator and you're just getting started, you know, people almost start working on their merch before they're finished their, their book. You know what I mean? They're like, like oh, cool, yeah, cool. To invest in when you're starting a comic book. They're like, oh, I have a couple pages done, but I got the shirts finished, the hats are done. Here's my beer koozie. <laughs> you already have yeah, like, like you're yeah. handing out damn keychains and you don't even have a freaking book done. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so what's funny is that we haven't had the conversation about merch at all. And that's because, you know, we both are further along in what we do now, and so we're not as excited or, or uh, about seeing the merch as, as, as much at this point, because I think the merchandise has to be about what people want. So I guess I love that question because it means that someone's like, Hey, I'm already excited to see the kind of stuff that you guys are, are going to want to make. Like, I think it would be really cool to have like an essence house 
pocket watch or something cool like that. Like that would just be badass or, you know, fun things like that. So, you know, Pocket watch, eh? Is a pocket watch coming to play there, Chuck? Did you give something away? Huh? Oh! You guys got to be careful. I'm paying attention. I was like, is Chuck going to say t-shirt? If he says t-shirt, he's just going to, like, it's just like whatever on the merch. But then he says pocket watch. The only thing I can say is that um, eventually there will be some kind of publication. I mean, we're writing a story, so that's natural. That I think that's something that we're both really excited about, um, and we both discussed is that having this eventually at some time become something that can also be physical would be really cool for for both of us for everything. Yeah, I mean, it started as you know the start of a novel the two of us were writing, so I think it's it's natural that. That'll be something physical that will happen at some point. Oh, that'll be nice. You do like one at the end of the season. Yeah, I guess that's the only merch that we have talked about. But that's effectively, the- and we have talked about that. But we, I guess, it wasn't considered merchandise, so to speak. <laughs> it was just that was a plan that obviously we're not going any into any further. But we have certainly discussed that. Yeah, yeah that would be cool, though. Very cool. So in the future, there will be merch. If there's a call for it. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Awesome. If there's a call for it. Hopefully that was the first of many voices. Right? Hello. (laughs) Can we get some merch? Because it's a great way, too, to show your support for a show. Or something you like. Because I wear this hat. That's right. I I love that. I love my comic. <laughs> Can you guys tell us when the next episode is dropping? Uh, next episode is going to drop on the 15th. And I'm really excited about that one. Um, I'll, the way I've described it to everyone is it's the hook. So the way I tell everyone is, is that when that episode is the yeah, yeah, see, and you're you're nodding your head because I've said that to you, and you I've said, said that to people. me, and I was like, rah, 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 rah. that episode <laughs> is the hook. And in all honesty, you know, a lot of times people will say, you know, the the question comes up, how many episodes do I have to give something before I can say it's not for me? And I will tell you, in all complete honesty, if episode two did not hook you. It's not for you. It really is that easy. And that's okay. That doesn't bother me. But I, I really fully believe that the work that we did on episode two, I'm really excited about it. I think we really flew out of the gates on that one. It came together really well. And that one ends, oh, it's mean. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think when that one's done, you're either hooked or you're not. And, guys, if, it's, if not, okay. But I'm betting – more will be than won't be. Yeah, definitely. A lot of a lot of the stuff that's set up in episode one pays off already in episode two, or is pushed, expanded. So yeah, expanded on. So I no, agree. It's, it's great. It's going to be easy to get into. It's not like a TV show where sometimes you're like you got to watch like three episodes. Yeah, like three hours in. This is like. You're going to be like something about 40 minutes in. You're going to have some payoff. It's really exciting. I'm looking forward to it. But then also a cliffhanger, it seems. Yeah. Darn it. My wife was actually not happy with me when it was done. What were your exact words when episode two was done? Do you remember? I said that was mean. Yeah. Well, I don't think you said it was mean, but you said... Something along like really, I have to wait now or something like that. Oh yeah, I said I want to. I want to hear the next episode. Yeah, she wanted to hear it right there. Like, okay, episode three, where is it? And I'm like, no, no, not at all. (laughs) (laughs) But if you want your episode three, if you're a patron, you get it two weeks earlier. Yes, that's good. So, uh (laughs) Wendy will hear it early. (laughs) She's like, which I am. I'm gonna be a Patreon too. 
<laughs> so how can people find well i mean if they're on pat patreon now then that's where you can find it essencehousestory.com is pretty much the hub for everything um you can actually listen to the episodes right there um there's links to all the different podcast platforms um and there's links to the patreon um there's a little bit about me and chuck um that's pretty much it for right now. I imagine one day we'll have like a really cool wiki or something going on. Yeah. But right now that wouldn't work at all because we don't want to tell anybody anything. Yeah, you can't. You can't. It just it would just say none your business. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> <laughs> just listen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, essencehousestory.com. Um, is, a, is a good starting point. Yeah. And if you liked it, please share it around to anyone who, anyone else who you think would really enjoy it. Um, I think that it's really cool. It, it, it's got a feeling like it, it feels modern and yet it also harkens back to the old radio programs of like the thirties and forties and stuff. So I think there's kind of a, it's a really wide audience and um it's almost timeless, I would say, in, in some regards, just in the fact that you can really um, – it goes across several generations, so to speak. Thank you so much for joining us on the Essence House After Show. And remember to check out the next episode of the Essence House Chapter 2 on January 15th. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>